We are back to the Closer's Corner. I am Will. This is... I'm Jeff. And we are here with a very, very, very special guest in Tall. Um, tall who? <laughs> does anybody know Tall? Tall Borofsky? Yes. Is that yes, how you say yeah. it? Bob Borofsky. Um, integral part of the team, Tall. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> before we get started, though, I did want to give a little bit of special of a shout out to all of our listeners yeah. out there, yeah. because apparently we are doing something right. We've had 744 downloads. Yes. We have almost 200 unique listeners. John right. Hartman podcast is like literally climbing up the charts. It's probably going to pass Rob Rose here pretty soon. Yeah. It's just me. I keep downloading it. <laughs> yeah, right. I like that. But no, I mean, look, we, we when you break it down, a big shout out to uh, Brian O'Neill's crew in Salt yeah. Lake City. They are number two uh, right now. They're climbing. Dallas is number one. Philly's got a strong following. New York City. We've had tons of people, you know, sort of email in saying, hey, can we be a guest? Here are some questions to ask. No one asked for you as a guest hall, but we wanted to have you anyway, because that's just the people who we are. Yeah. You know, we're kind, caring, man of the people type thing. So, Thanks for that. Um, <laughs> um, but I do want, look, I, I, we appreciate all the feedback. Ross Moore, shout out to you. Lisa Zilkowski, Wednesday Sutherland. There have been so many people that have wrote in, called in, or called in, I guess, yeah. you know, emailed in. We don't have an Andrew number yet. We'll get there. I think we'll get there. They've emailed into again at jawmac at wwx.com. So if you have any people you'd like to get it, um, like us to sit down with or anybody that you'd like us to talk to, please, please, please reach out. But we appreciate all the support. We went from five five star ratings. Yeah. Well, actually, it was three to five to now over 60. Over 60. Yeah. Well, it was 52. I think I just said 60. Right. Like, right. you know, it's like a WWX report. I just pretend. Well, it could be 60 with Spotify and. Uh, 58. 58. 58 right now. Uh, yeah. So okay. Spotify gives us a few more. Right. And so they were good. So we'll just round up. Yep. Big, big round, round up, guys. Round up. Um, so here we are. Tal, we're going to turn this over to you a little bit. You're the international man of mystery. I'm wearing my. We're all, both wearing. Better our, call tall shirts. Yep. You haven't mentioned, you know, idiot. Yep. I can't see you on yep. your podcast. So why are you wearing the shirt? I told Newman, A, because it's for my own personal yeah. enjoyment. Yeah. B, it's going to throw a tall off a little bit. <laughs> and, and C, we're eventually going to record these, but we need to get a better studio. For it's crazy. He looks as dumb in person as he does on the t-shirt. <laughs> he looks so miserable there. <laughs> I, I got to get this up. This is when you lost the field goal back mm-hmm. to, to Joel, right? Correct. Yeah. And I'm sitting here wondering where I went wrong. <laughs> <laughs> well, all. we're going to ask you. Yeah. <laughs> you, know, you started off in sales. You ended up in ops. I mean, we're going to get there. Don't worry. Uh, just don't have an emotional breakdown like Stavali because that got really weird. No Clyde, 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 right? Yeah, Clyde. Clyde. Uh, I don't know if Clyde came out or, or if it was Dave, but it sort of went off the rails a little bit. But um, turn over to you. So you are you were hired how long ago? How long have you been here? Uh, about 11 years. Wow, mm-hmm. about eleven years, and, and you so far. For those that don't know, you manage the Northeast Freight Desk as well as the South Atlantic or Southeast Freight Desk, right. which includes basically the whole East, whole East Coast. So, right. uh, who do you like more, the Southeast Freight Desk or the Northeast Freight wow. Desk? Right. Well, always my favorite. Good answer. Good answer. Good answer. Uh, good answer. I guess, but I was asking more for freight desks as other personnel. I mean, Karen's not listening. Sue's not yeah. listening. Lisa's not listening. No, Dana, you're fine. Uh, no, just between us. All. I love them all. Here. So it's southeast. <laughs> yeah, so it's the southeast. Okay. Um, you started 11 years ago, and you've had a pretty unique transition. We talked about this on prior podcasts that people that have started off in sales. We talked about Marissa, yeah. Jeff, went over to finance, and there's been a lot of people along the way. Josh Plumer started off in sales as well. Is now one of the, a great operator for the, the worldwide family. Um, when did you know that maybe 
operations was a better fit for you than sales? And sort of how did that, did someone say, hey, you're not selling any deals, right? Look at operations or <laughs> uh, it was something you found because no one knows the story. Sure. So I started in sales in the, in the DL group. Uh, when I started in sales, John Hartman and Bob Toupe were the sales managers. Sorry. So, <laughs> right. Needless to say, I didn't see much of a future. <laughs> right, right. Uh, no, the, two I, of the most successful people yeah, we have no, at Worldwide. They, they were awesome. Um, and frankly, some of the stuff like, you know, John's half the reason I'm, I've stuck around regardless, right? Just mm. the, the attitude and the, the camaraderie and whatnot. But um, I did sales for about two years. I did fairly well. You placed in a sales contest, right? Two years. I didn't know it was that long. Yeah. yeah. Sixth in the national sales contest and third in like a get brown off the ground uh-huh. or something or another. Yeah. Yep. Um, Sheehan, I think it won that. Oh, really? Yeah. So he's a better salesperson than Tom. Just making sure. But no, when I, when, I, when I started when we were in sales is when we first started selling freight. And I realized that nobody knew the first thing about freight. We were all just kind of guessing, figuring it out as we go. Um, and to that end, no one knew how to manage it and what to do with it on the back end and make sure that we actually move the freight, get the pickup scheduled and understand the, you know, the nuances and the terminology and all that kind of stuff. So I went to the franchise owners at that time and said, hey, listen, there's a, you have this need and I'll be a guy. I'll fill that need. I saw it was, uh, you know, the business was evolving and I saw a new kind of new vertical, new avenue for growth and I bounced on it. Cool. Uh, how long have you been doing that now? Uh, eight years. Eight or nine years. Yeah. Cool. 11 minus two. Yeah. No, that's <laughs> nine. <laughs> So t- talk about, I mean, when you got started in sales, I mean, what drew you to Worldwide in the first place? Did you interview with Hartman? I, I interviewed with Greg Hurley, okay, um, who actually kind of shamed me into taking the job. Okay. Wow. That was old it's a great, school. It's a great, like, t- yeah. that was our old tactic for hiring. Yeah, yeah, we, I did like the first interview, the okay. ride, all that drive. Yeah. And then I, um, he offered me a job and I was like, well, you know, let me go and think about it. And he was like, what do you mean? I was like, oh, I talked to my girlfriend. He's like, oh, your girlfriend has to give you the okay? Got it. No problem. And I was like, no, she doesn't need to. Yeah. I can make the decision. Anyway, I started like the next day. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and you're in training two days later. Yeah, exactly. And that was the old school thing. And I think a lot of ASMs from a long time ago, you know, had that mantra. And I'm so glad we've shifted as an organization because it was like, always like a hard close. You need to you need to take the job. You need to take the job. And the reality is a lot of younger people, even me and, and anybody that came in back in those days, it's like, you're going to have a network of people, whether it's your mom, whether it's your dad, whether if you're religious, it's your priest or your advisor, whatever it is that you want to bounce the idea off right. of. Hey, th- I think I like the culture. I think this is a good fit. I think it can do well. But if you're a younger ASM out there, or any ASM, and you're trying to hard close a new person to come on board, that's not really going to work out. But forcing someone into a decision is, is not one that usually ends in, in, in a good outcome right. for you. So it's important that when the, anybody's making the career, whether it's a career change to Worldwide Express or when they're freshly out of college, that you know they they want to understand what the benefits are, what the opportunity is, and to make someone rush into a decision like that is going to be a feeling that's going to put a lot of people off. So yeah, I don't. I can see why old school, different generations, we might have done that 15 years ago. But it's when you look back on it, it's like what were we thinking? Well, I mean, just like we're kind of resetting our basic training. Yes, you know, it's just it's a it's a different environment nowadays, and we've kind of need to adapt. Absolutely. So, so, well, before we kind of make the transition to ops, there's there's one rumor that's been floating around about your sales career. Right. All right. Um, <laughs> that was enthusiastic, <laughs> by the way. That was um, enthusiastic. Great. Day one. How was your first day at Worldwide? Uh, I was like four hours late. <laughs> I, really? Yeah. I, uh, what happened? So I was broke in college. I mean, broke. Mm-hmm. Right? And I used literally like the old 
old school alarm clock. Right. I didn't have a smartphone. Right? <laughs> really like the, yeah, the brick, <laughs> the Nokia brick. Right. You can and play Snake on that. That's fine. Well, I, I did the old, I woke up at like noon to the blinking 12 thing. I was like, oh. God, what was your life what, like? What was your, your what was your excuse? I literally threw on like you know, shirt, pants, whatever, ran into work and got there and sold John some crazy bill of goods <laughs> about yeah. I don't even the Lord knows what I said to him, but Hartman bought it, of course. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I wouldn't hit the field before I get to work the first day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I guess Hurley was out of town. I was like, knocking on doors on the way in. I was like, not supposed to do that. I don't understand. Hurley told him to fire me when I walked in. And John was like, dude, he gave me this story. And I believe him. It's that fork in the road. Yeah, yeah. yeah we're all dry. Well, it's, it's funny. I, brought, I told John that years later. He's like, dude, you should have taken that with you. Right? I was like, yeah. good sales, right? Like, I, I sold you on it. So, yeah. That's so true. It was a tough story. But, so now you may obviously manage multiple freight desks and I'm going to get into your operations career. I know you're from the sort of the Greg Curley, John Hartman, Doug and Leon Shree, but um, I know you've had a lot of best practices. We're sort of looking at some freight support teams that we have up there for truckload and, and, and LTL. I know when you're one of the people that help spearhead, put these in inside every starter kit for every single person, but what are some of the challenges? Cause I think a lot of listeners right now are on the sales side. We're trying mm-hmm. to get, I think more operations involved. And I think as we interview more people like you and Joel Clume and everybody else that we, uh, you know, bring on board from every Our different COO, right? <laughs> everybody that we bring on board. And once we start interviewing someone from finance or tech, you're obviously going to naturally get a lot of those listeners. Um, what is something that you see every day that sort of challenges your freight desk quite a bit that the salespeople can do to help maybe alleviate some of the problems that the freight desk has at times because every bucket of the company has some type of problem at any given time. So what's something that we could do as salespeople to make their jobs easier? Um, Clothes only class 50 freight. No, it's, it's a good question. It's a loaded question. I could probably sit here for three, four days talking about it. Please don't. And and I tend to. We're limiting these to 45 minutes. Um, no, it's, I think one of the biggest things we can do, and this is the onus is on both ops and sales to do this, frankly, right? But we, a lot of people throw the you know buzzwords around and like to say use syner- synergy and synergize. But like, I think what we as an organization need to get better at, and we've made strides in doing, um, is just kind of understanding the other side of the business a little bit better. What I mean by that is, well, certainly there's, there's no value in salespeople understanding like tactical day-to-day SOPs for ops, right? We don't need you guys to know Hey, what what are the rules of engagement for processing a reconsignment with carrier X? Right. That stuff doesn't matter, right? But just understanding kind of a higher level of the direction we're going, the reason we do some things, what what kind of the, the, the philosophy and the mentality behind some of that stuff is. Um, and frankly, that's on that's on ops leadership. Make sure you right. guys are aware of that and keep you in, you know in the loop and 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 put it out in front of you guys and, and your teams. Um, well, one of the great things that you guys have, I really, we got back to in the North Atlantic is the activation emails, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's something that we started a couple, what, six, eight months back. We kind of got away from it, but yep. kind of seeing the interaction between sales and your team yep. um, and those activation emails, Perfect. I think it's setting the groundworks for a, a much better relationship. Absolutely. And I think stuff like that, like you said, just getting the teams interacting on, on a certain level, that's not just that, there's a, you know, oh crap, there's a problem level. Yep. Um, I think stuff like that that you've pushed out has been really good. Yeah, absolutely. And we, we started send, sending ops people out in the field with sales yeah. people. Yes. And it's, 
Dude, it's the, the idea is not so much to understand the rigors or the difficulties, though, though there's a component of that, right? It's just seeing what what the other yeah. side of the business yeah. does, right? And just understanding, yeah. understanding the sales cycle and both the difficulties, the victories, the wins, whatever. Um, but just having a more robust understanding of it and then kind of understanding when, when you see how it transpires on the front end, get a better idea of why some stuff kind of happens in the back. End. Right. Yeah. I was telling Karen that I think to this day, Tyler Monk's been here probably two years. When Vanessa went out with him, that was the only field appointments ever set. And I think they're still a customer. So I think, and, and that too, not just people from ops and, and I, I don't know what goes on in other freight desks. I'm, I'm assuming, I believe in Florida, we, we actually did this as well for, from what Andy was saying. We flew a whole bunch of people up to, to Atlanta to sit at the freight desk to see sort of what type of questions are coming in from the, you know, from our customers about all the things that we, they have questions on or discrepancies that, that, that they have or issues that they're dealing with to let our salespeople know. So it can be a little bit of a two way street. You talked about open communication. Do you think the communication is better? within markets like Jersey or Atlanta because the salespeople are right there than in, let's say, Philly to you know, the eight freight desk or you name it in, in Florida um, or, or anywhere in the country? Frankly, you know? no, right? no. I, I don't. I think we, you know, we have an inherent benefit in the Northeast and just the proximity. Right. We can have sales teams from all the markets come in. It's really no more than a train ride. Right? Right. And we have. Um, and it's been super beneficial. But at the end of the day, all these, all these offices are still communicating via email via phone it's it's no different than if they're calling from california or, or Philly, right um it's just a matter of kind of understanding appreciating what everyone does and, and understanding that we none of us are successful without one another right it's not yesterday right like john john alluded this to in his podcast about oh you're a listener oh, right. oh super yeah. user yeah there you go i'm at least 600 of those downloads <laughs> i like it i thought you were just kidding that's good to know um this this whole conversation will go a lot better now okay yeah. 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 will likes praise he's like a dog he just went yeah. good, yeah. good well good well um, but he mentioned larkin how larkin you know and, and anyone who's spoken to larkin sees like why he's a good sales right. right he just he sounds polished he sounds good he comes right. all like i'd buy some shit from him right. right right um but talk to him about before he had a support team you know, supporting him and it's his sales went nowhere because you, you can't, you can't grow when you have to do all the others. Right? Yeah. I think that's a big piece of advice for anybody, even the, the, the newbies here that um, you can't shoulder everything for a customer. You know, you have to trust you and your team. What it comes down to for a lot of salespeople is what makes them great is they want to have control. Yeah. They want to have control in their life. They want to control everything. And, and that can be okay for a short period of time. Yep. But if you ever truly want to scale, you're going to have to learn to trust your resources, work with your resources, or you're always going to have a ceiling, you know, the like glass yeah. ceiling that you can never break through because look, you're, you're naturally customers. We focus on the small to mid-sized business. There are going to be some that go out of business. We do have competitors. I think our value prop is not only our technology and our local customer service, but you know, and, and the price, right. but, but you know, the, the reality is, is naturally you're going to attract X amount of customers a year because of the nature of the business and what we focus in on, you know, you can, someone can use UPS or a freight carrier for 20 years. And the minute that that one package goes missing that had this bill or something in it, a bid that they didn't get for whatever reason, it's hard to shoulder the blame. You know, they won't shoulder the blame themselves that it was, Hey, we sent out the last minute. It's like, well, UPS messed up and right. more. And 
Well, as a salesperson, you're always going to think you could do it better yourself. Yes. And that's one of the things that I struggled with because coming from a franchise environment, we had our own support team and you know, it was smaller than your, your crew at Doug and Leon. And you just felt like, you know, oh, I can do it. I'll, I'll make it good with the customer. And I think to, to Will's point, in order to scale, if, if you're here 15 years, if you're here, you know, two months, you have to trust the people that we have in place. And that's a hard thing to do. But you know, to, to your guys' credit, I mean, you deal with a lot of crap on a day-to-day basis. And yeah, every once in a while, stuff falls through the cracks, but that's with everybody. Um, sure. But for, yeah. the, for, you know, 99% of it, you know, and it's kind of a word of advice to everybody listening on the sales side, just trust it. Because I think that's the hardest thing to do as a salesperson. And, you know, I think, you know, the fact that you came from a sales background kind of helps, certainly helps, helps you kind sure. of speak both languages, yeah. I guess, if, yeah. if there is such a thing. And yeah. to that end, it's give your ops teams feedback. Yeah. They, they really are looking for it. There's obviously a way to present it, right? Yeah. Try to remove emotions from it because yeah. to, to your point, you go out there, it's hard to convince people to give you money, right? And yeah. now when they have and something goes south, it's easy to kind of make right. it a personal thing. Right. Mm-hmm. Just remove that stuff. Give, give your team some, some good tactical information yeah. and they'll, they'll make the adjustment. You have good leaders. Yeah. So what are some, uh, I think on the sales side, we have initiatives. Jeff spoke about it a little bit before. We want to onboard more quality customers, yep. which enhance the customer experience, which will lower our attrition. We want to, now everybody gets paid off a residual basis here. So in the sales side, increase, you know, their compensation as time goes on. But what are some of the initiatives that you guys are doing that you're about to implant, Im- implement or are starting to implement? And I know I was on a call with you like last week about some of this stuff. There's some surveys going out. Mm-hmm. Um, what's some initiatives that you guys are working on right now? You think the field would be excited for? Uh, that's a very loaded question, but there's, there's some. <laughs> We're excited for none of it. Yeah, yeah, what are you yeah, excited yeah, for? Um, <laughs> just some high level stuff. I mean, and, and a lot of you guys have heard this. It's just we're, we're working on some customer segmentation stuff, where we're identifying for like better higher value customers and where we want to, to make sure that the reasons are applied to them. Right. Um, something we've struggled with in the past was just bandwidth, right? And it's mm-hmm. to, to your point, well, some of that is about input. It's about quality control and the input, and making sure we're bringing in the right deals. Um, but it's also, it's it's for us to recognize that it, not everything goes perfect out in the real world. And sometimes we sign stuff up that isn't perfect and it's going to eat, you know, eat up some bandwidth and whatnot. So we're working on some customer segmentation stuff to identify where we need to put our resources and just kind of apply them more wisely right. um, so that we have the, the right team, the right people working on those really high value customers and just giving them some more proactive, you know, consultation, right? Less reactive. Hey, sorry, pickups are estimated. Or right, maybe not right. or transit or estimate or whatever it is. Um, just trying to identify proactively trends, negative things that may come up, and try to fix them on the front end. Um, and just offer a little bit more of a robust kind of consultation to these customers. That's kind of the big picture of what mm-hmm. we're going to do. And then there's 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 all kinds of little things that you know I don't know how granular we want to get, but the Salesforce team working on on auto routing certain things to just kind of streamline those those processes. We've done uh, each of the freight desks, all the teams now have been trained uh, trained on handoffs, meaning we're doing frontline um, communications for claims ability. Nice. So oh, okay. One of the things we've run into, you know, we've run friction, we've run into friction in the past with customers and understandably so is just this idea of like, I don't know what to email for claims. My stuff gets bounced around and then it takes a while to hear back that right. kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so we trained and, and rolled this out to all our freight desks where they're handling that, those kind of front lines for those billing disputes, questions, claims, and essentially kind of act as the face of the customer. Right. The claims team and the billing teams do what they really should be doing. It's actually fine. So yeah. though the, the difficulty with that now is getting those customers who have a tendency to reach out directly to claims, yeah. get that back. But hey, th- you know, that's cool. If that's a long game, we'll work towards that and, and get those requests kind of rerouted and, and long term. We can absolutely do that. We're making progress towards it. 
Um, that's one of the things that we used, we used to sell on in the franchise model, right? It's like you have one, one sort of neck to choke yeah. when yep. something goes wrong. Yeah. Yeah. They sort of like that. Like, Hey, yeah. I'm your guy. I'm yeah. your girl. I'm the person that you reach out to. And, and having that on the op side, at least as a starting point yeah. is going to be very beneficial to the user experience. Cause we've all been there. We've all had a cell phone issue or a cable issue or you name it. And you're trying to reach out to someone and they transfer you four or five different times. And then after that, you know, no one, you're nothing's resolved. And the person that gets back to you, you have to go through the whole story again. Right. Yep. Each time you change, 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 change. Like, dude, I've said the same like 10 times. Right. Yep. You know, at this point, forget it. I'm just going to go and yep. take my business elsewhere. And that's what at times could happen. People lose sight of that. And we've that's all right. had those sort of frustrations. Along, yeah. And I think that uh, we were just at a deal this morning. Um, Pensauken. Right? In Pensauken, a larger freight deal that hopefully is going to come your way. Um, and it's also, you know, setting the expectations correctly to the customer. Because I think that sometimes as salespeople, you know, present company, included sure. um we, we want to promise people the world yeah just a little bit oh. um but no just saying to them well you know i'll be your person i'll be your person <laughs> yeah. but the fact of the matter is inside your office there are different pods and different people that are tasked to different um duties yep. so you know sitting in front of the customer today we kind of like tempered ourselves like hey you're gonna have our point person and our point team in bridgewater but hey you might be talking to one person for pickups yep. you might be talking to another team for, you know, for tracing, mm, but yeah. putting that out there up front is just really, really important because in sales, we oversell ops. And I think that's sometimes where the friction comes in is that we oversold you and sure. you, you, your team and you can't ever live up to the expectations sure. we gave to the customer. I mean, I, I will tell I you, mean, sometimes you, it is we, your fault. We, sure, we, just, <laughs> we just believe so much in the high ceiling that you guys offer. Yeah, that's why yeah, we oversell yeah. it so this much. Yeah. Way better, yeah, 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 yeah. No, but to that, that's part of the, you know, the direction we're going is to make it easier for you guys to have that conversation so yeah. we can actually yeah. you know, step up to that, right? And right. have our, our, our regional teams just be kind of advocates for the customer, be the face of the customers. Right. Well, to your point, it's super frustrating to get bounced around. Sure. But there's also kind of this cool thought that like it's freight. It's not if it's when, right? Like right. stuff oh, yeah. is going to go wrong and there's a lot right. of stuff that we can't control. And it's going to go south regardless of how many calls or emails or whatever we do. The news of that kind of stuff where we right. can't literally fix it, it just goes better when it's my guy, Will, that I deal with all sure. the time, right? right? As opposed to, I never talked to Bill and whatever, right? Right, right? If it's coming from someone that you're familiar with, you have some rapport with, you trust that they actually have your best intentions in mind. When they can't fix that, it, it just goes a little bit further and you kind of go, okay, cool. I'm not just going to pull my business because right. no one cares, right? If the freight's lost to the terminal, the freight's lost to the terminal. Right, right, yeah. I mean, it's, uh, it, I've always been um, a proponent too, and I know you guys do this, of um, reporting the news, good, bad, or indifferent. Even if we don't have an ideal update to give to the customer, yeah. to give the customer some type of update, even if it's just to let them know, hey, we're still on top of this. We're, we're still checking on it. We have this call in, this call in. Listen, I know it's concerning. I'm all over. I just want you to know. I told you I was going to call you at two o'clock. Here you go. No update yet, but TBD, but we're working on it. Yeah. I think that when you go long periods of time without any communication, I think that's where the anxiety in the customer totally in, or, or the frustration in the customer comes in. So I do think that uh, we've done a really good job and on all freight desks from what I've here, but of being a little bit more to your point, proactive with our communication and allowing the customer to know, Hey, even though there's no real update, that's, you know, maybe going to come to your satisfaction and there's no resolution yet. We're working on it and we're still on top of it. I think that sort of helps a lot of people out. So. And I think it's important for ops people. If they listen to this, that, that we have to treat the salespeople the same way, right? We have to know that they need to be aware of what's actually happening, not sure of code it just because we like them or we're scared of them or whatever. 
Uh, well, you saw Joel, it, it, you know, was it context too? I mean, he, yeah. he, he did it, you know, pep himself up to talk to Bob, you know, you can't be scared of him. Yeah. Uh, speaking of salespeople, who's the best salesperson in the East region for your team to work with? Who do you, who do you think it is? Loaded question. Loaded question. Yeah. Added that Go top three. To Go top three. Top three. Yeah. No, so, just top. Who cares about the so, second place? Winners win, Jeff. Best people to work with? No, the top salesperson. Tip, top salespeople. I mean, top salesperson. Person. You keep on saying people. Person. Yeah. Okay. I mean, someone's gonna get a great shout out from yeah. literally. I mean, dude, this is gonna. Does it have to be? Can it be managers, directors? No, no, no. Yeah, it doesn't anyway. have to be a manager, director. It can be a sales. It can actually no, be a legitimate just salesperson. Yeah. Well, it, it is a director, and it's gonna feel like a cop out. But my man Hartman, that guy. Wow. Okay. That is these people in chalk. The, the jersey. I mean, Doug and Leon did something right. And yeah. the answer is. Is chalk <laughs> director of freight operations tall just says his own guy who he started day one yeah, with him right. and allowed him works to still in the have office next to him. Works in the office next to him is is the best. Okay, so you're I not going with salespeople. So um, who's the who's the worst? Is it, is, <laughs> it, is it mango? <laughs> the, the the other end of it is it Mangarelli? Uh, I won't tell him. No, see, I can't say <laughs> Mangarelli because he'll he'll like. Hit, break my kneecap. No, he's old school. He'll come at you. He doesn't know how to use a podcast. That's so no, don't worry about it. Completely true. He doesn't even know where to find this. Yeah, thing. yeah. Uh, I'll leave it. Okay, yeah. okay. It's best for my own. Um, I don't know. Want to give us a little bit of a kind of in in a bridge terms, a state of the state of the LTL industry because I know there's a lot of crap going on there. Like, what are you saying? You know, um, it's uh, you know from an ops perspective, things yeah. that salespeople should be aware of sure out there it's a lot of what we've you know from from what i've seen it's a lot of what we've already seen for the last few years right capacity is always an issue um i think what we're starting to see is there's there's some bigger carriers trying to swallow up smaller carriers yeah consolidate um and then there's you can you can kind of you get a good feel for those carriers that are trying to infuse more technology into their network in there and there what are the easiest carriers to work with from an ops perspective right now easiest carriers to work with um good question yeah it is it is a good question um i'll take regionals out because that's okay. kind of very you know region regional a bit just in terms of big nationals um rnl is really good estes is really really good um yeah. um you know yrc if you can make it through the 45 minute full time right really <laughs> good. Um, trade shows they're good for trade yes. shows yeah big right. trade shows yeah. Yeah. Mm. okay well, we talked a little bit about it, but I mean, we talked about sort of you being late to your first day. Yeah. yeah. Um, we didn't what, talk about all the time off you took off last year. No, that was, that's a writing question. Okay, that's, How many days a week does Tall work? I told you we had a lot of people reach out to us. Will's writing it down on a piece of paper right now. That was one of the questions. Listen, I don't make up the questions, Tall. I don't know why you're taking it out on me. These are just questions that people have. <laughs> Got to give How the people what they want. How many days of work did he take last year? You know, how many days off? I mean, it's a question on my phone. This yeah. is real. Um, so we we didn't get totally into your career track, but I but, but I do want to sort of talk about it a little bit. You were in sales for two years. You climbed, and did you start off for the Doug and Leon group? Were you always in Jersey? Have you moved anywhere? Or did you stay no, in Jersey? Yeah, I, I've been in Jersey. The job came to you. Yeah. yeah, if you're good enough, that's what happens, yeah, ladies and gentlemen that's out there. Exactly right. <laughs> um, um, but I was, I, I've been in Jersey the entire time. I took over the, uh, the support team in New Jersey, strictly freight. Okay. So I was kind of we call it like a freight operations manager. Okay. Um, and we had Trisha Martinez, who, who still oversaw kind of the, the back office. Um, and then as that evolved, we became a corporate store. I just became more involved in, in other kind of areas of the business and other teams and other things. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just kind of expanded from there. Is your team on Salesforce right now? Yeah. All on Yeah. So how does that work now? 
Salesforce is pretty good. Because on the sales side, I mean, we're still a little bit of yeah, the horizon's a little bit further out there, yeah, but sure, it's just um, a taste of what to come. It's got you know much like any call it new tag, and right? I mean, I'm doing funny years because it's we've right. been on it for a little while, but right. big picture, it's, right? You know, we're still learning a lot about it, um, but it's good. It's uh, it's got a lot of really good functionality, and as we figure out how to better utilize it and get people in in house that know how to utilize it, right? Tinker with it. Um, we're making better and better use of it. Sure. Um, so it's good. Yeah. So we're so we're a KPI company too. I think everybody knows whether it's quality deals. We're always looking at ways to become better. You know, I think that's one thing. Are we better as a company this quarter than we were compared to last quarter? Okay. And what goes into making that? Whether it's development of an ASM, development of account manager, development of account executive. What are some of the KPIs? Because you forwarded them to me before back on um, back in the day, and I know they probably changed a little bit. What are some of the things that you use to grade your team on as far as if they're progressing sure. uh, compared to you know other freight desks? Everybody's com- competitive, right? Yep. It's a uh, it's a great question, and it, to to your point, it is evolving. And right. We've actually put quite a bit of brain power into it now to see kind of what future states should look like. Mm-hmm. Um, there was, you know, there's some of the old KPIs you probably heard is a, that, that first response time. I mean, you know, full resolution time, that kind of right. stuff. And what we found is that some of those things had unintended consequences, right? The, the mentality was, hey, we want to get a Close quick it out. first yeah. response time. Sure. Yeah. Right? So it's like, cool, the customer hears gotcha. you know. Right. And then that turned into that. Right. Right. Get right back to you. It's like, well, not what we're looking for, right? So yeah. we changed some of those things up and we put a, a, a large focus and there's some variation to your point from, from desk to desk. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the big picture is to put more focus on quality KPIs. So even, you know, as granular as how many back and forth emails go into each case, right? When, when a customer emails in for something, how close to one touch resolution can we get it, right? And if you right. have someone who is consistently going 10, 12, 13, 14 back and forth, something's wrong, right? right. Approach or missing the big picture. So it's a lot more. Interesting. And that could be, not to cut you off, but I mean, you've done a slide on this for the one of the Northeast kickoffs two two years ago. Right. That could be just an uneducated, customer that the sales setup that doesn't that does very infrequent freight yeah so so that customer although they might bring in you know a hundred dollars in margin on three shipments in a year or whatever it is right and and they just don't have that experience on the ltl side the back channel communication i think you said sometimes something as a pickup or uh something was off because they didn't choose a lift gate because they needed one they didn't realize it or was limited access that could have 14 to 20, I forgot what it was now, but like touch points, be their phone call or email of going back and forth with that customer and someone on your support team just to sort of what you said, close it out. Yep. Well, I think that's one of the byproducts of that activation email that goes out is kind of shaming salespeople to not. <laughs> no, I know. I look at it. It's like, I don't want anybody to send a bad deal. Like, you know, part of it is just, you know, pride. And you're talking about those crap customers and it's like, you know, three shipments a week, which is obviously not our target market. It never has been, but we've always kind of went that way to try to get some, you know, kind of quick action. But like, you know, we've got to be setting up the right customers. Yeah, we'll have some right customers that have that sort of banter, but a lot of the banter comes from the crap customers. The reality is if a customer is not sending a minimum of five shipments a week with us, they're not going to just, it's harder for them to change their habit. They're not going to see the overall in value prop that we give them, whether it's our back office, whether it's our pricing, whether it's our technology, whether, I mean, whether it's local customer service, it's just not, they're not doing enough to, you know, realize all those values. And it makes you wonder why do we even set them up in the first place? Because I think we just have this sort of 
kill mentality as right. people see deal, close deal. But what, what I do like about those activation emails is not only do they have to write it out and get sent to everybody yeah. and they have to um, sort of bake out what are they, if it's FAKs, what type of commodities they're using, they yeah. have to fill in the commodity list then to make sure that, you know, our quote, one thing that we've always prided ourselves is, is our, our quote to sort of invoice integrity. Yeah. And the more that we can do on the front end to make sure that's right, the better everything looks on the back end. But also, Tal, your team will then call after they receive this. Yeah. They'll actually call the customer right. and introduce themselves for the first time as you know, that point person. Which is a newer thing, right? Yes. We hadn't, we hadn't been doing that? Yeah, it's something we had done way back in the franchise environment. Yeah. It kind of fell off and we made it a, a big focus. Um, right. And it's it's always a leader or manager that calls. I've made some of these calls myself. Right. Um, We've lost every single one of those yeah. customers. Yeah. And, and then I stopped. Yeah. I've, I've gotten yeah. the feedback on yeah. that. Um, yeah. right. But no, it's 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 you know by design, right? So right. we just feel important right, right. that. And we can identify. Because yeah, you're the director, of course. Yeah, exactly. Right. right. That's true. That that is true. I see the play. He he did win that somehow. There was a I lost a bet and had to give it to yeah. Tom. It was no. bad. I would tell you, someone from Dallas is up in my office and they saw the 2018 <laughs> Northeast Director of the Year and they didn't know that it was a sales thing. Yeah. They're just kind of standing there looking at it. <laughs> what? They're like, you're the, the only one. <laughs> like, yeah, no. yeah, no. It was your director. For, we yeah. we, we yeah. include, yeah. listen, it's yeah. like anything. What goes into making a good meal is many different things. And it, it's sales, it's ops, it's collections, it's all the teams working together. And with all that I remember vividly when I was going through the growth of certain districts and the ACH percentage of certain districts. And I was going through all this and it was at a time where we were rolling up the franchise. And one could argue you had probably the toughest job that year of taking three distinct franchise groups, larger ones too, and how they operated and to try to change the behavior of all the salespeople, all the ASMs, as well as all the customers at that time of, hey, look, this is the way we do it. And here's why it's beneficial and introducing yourself to everybody. I would not want to be doing that to every single person. And it went off like anything. There were some hiccups here and there, but for the most part, it went off very, very smoothly. And I think that job did not go unnoticed, although Hartman was begging me to give it to him. Um, You know, he is, but uh, apparently he's your favorite person. Yeah. um, I it, I did not give it to him. I gave it to you instead. And he, he displays it proudly in his office when he's there. Yeah. So that's nice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, what, what, yeah, so let's talk about your favorite type of customers, freight forwarders. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. So oh, wow. um, maybe you speak to that. Special. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, think, no, I think that's, that man, I think it's man, that I think it's Mangarelli too. Yeah, 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 yeah. I guess. But why are they so good? Maybe show this a real question. <laughs> Dude, we just, we bring zero value. Yeah. Sure. The only well, Will was, Will was just talking about quick hit free. Yeah. Just like and that's that exactly. for a salesperson out there that walks into something that's, Oh, world, that's a pot of worldwide gold logistics. Gold. Like, oh, we do like 20 yeah. or 30 a month. Right. You yeah. know, a younger salesperson or a manager who's been here 16 years always falls for it. Um, <laughs> <but> <laughs> well, that's one of those things where they see a rainbow and they think there's going to be a you know, pot of gold yeah. and a leprechaun. Yeah. It's like, well, yeah, there's a nice rainbow, but guess what? C- can you there give us a few <laughs> sentences on why not to do it? Yes. Just so you're this on the record. This is for you, Andrew Topal. Yes. Andrew Topal, this yes. is for you. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's just, you know, we like Will said, it's purely a price point. We bring yeah. no value to them outside of price. And there's there's additional issues in that. You know, as you guys know, when it's strictly a price point, it's just you're borrowing time with that customer, right? Sure. Later, someone's going to be chatting. Renting a customer. In, right. In the interim, what happens is part of the problem is that we don't audit their carrier portfolio or any level of consultation we give them on selected care for a CFS pickup or right. an airport delivery or whatever it is. They're like, yep, sounds great. Cool. And then they pick 
the cheapest carrier, right? right? Because it is purely a price play. They need to build their margin and give it to someone else. So a lot of times it's a matter of carrier selection. They're not listening to the advice we give them. They just kind of do the same process. And it's uh, stuff goes south all the time. The bigger issue is our salespeople, and this is a shot to you guys, do more due diligence and onboarding customers, right? right? You guys ask the right questions for the most part. You, you know, you right. dig into it, you try to find out all the details, right? Onboard in the right way. A lot of these little pay they don't. It is literally just a matter of, hey, here's our email. Right. Also, emails for quotes, and, and that lends itself to reclasses, reways, you know, issues with documentation, just all kinds of issues, and anything that isn't to the cent, they're not paying. So it's a collections issue, it's a bandwidth issue, it's a claims issue. You know, you you're talking about email for quotes, and that's kind of another kind of angle to go on. How many, oh. how many good customers does your freight desk work with that actually email in for quotes? Uh, like, I mean. It, it's very few. Yeah. Very few. Um, and look, some of those, it's just, you need to get out to Western Pennsylvania. Right. It's that very, you know, it's an old but time. actually email every single day. Right. And we get freight Not me. and we make money on it. Not me. Yeah. So it's another cautionary tale there. Absolutely. <laughs> we yeah. got a lot of them. Yeah. We're going to whole yeah. list checklist yes. now. Um, Okay. Well, look, I appreciate you driving down. We have some more questions. I don't know where, what's our, how's our time doing? 36 minutes. Okay. I think we can get through this then. I, I, you know, we've been, the, the fans have spoken, the listeners, yeah. and they asked us to increase the time. We went east centric again. Um, but still, I, I think, uh, you know, next week there's going to be the ASM reset. Yeah. That everybody's sort of the ASM training that everybody's going to be going to. We're going to get some really good guests from summer to, Johnny at Bain, which should be yeah. interesting, um, you know, on down the line, which I think will give us a broader perspective about things that are going on all within the organization is, and when the Bain work that Bain did. But we do have some standard questions yeah. that we ask every guest, which, as you know, you are a listener. Yes. So you go first. Well, you want me to go first? So, yeah. okay, I'll ask one. So anybody in history, table five, party five, you're going. I don't, know, I don't care where you're going to eat, but who are you bringing party five out to dinner with you? You know, I probably should put more thought into this. Right, right yeah, because now you're on the spot. Right. I, 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 not to make this about Harvin, I, I think back to John's responses. I was like, oh, God, God. yeah, so yeah. See, like, come on, John, do better. Um, <laughs> party of five. Yeah. All right. You four others. You know the drill. Okay. Um, Michael Jordan's probably one of them. Okay. Michael B. Jordan or Michael Jordan? Uh, B. Jordan. Okay. Yeah, B. Jordan. Yeah. Clearly. That was great. I don't care what anybody says. That was a great movie. <laughs> I was all in on Marvel Black Panther. I'm there. Daniel Jones, strictly because Will's in the room. Oh, my God. That's just so... <laughs> That's good. That guy can't hold on to the football. I, I've never seen anything like it. They're, they're, someone sneezes in the stadium. He's dropping the ball. Well, Ridiculous. He's at my dinner. Right. I know. Uh-huh. He should be a CPA somewhere. You realize yeah. that? He was going to go to Princeton. Then he went to Duke because they're the only school that offered him a scholarship. Now he's the Giants starting quarterback. See, why did you go down this road? This is ridiculous. Yeah. Because I, I know one yeah. thing. I literally know one way to put Will on sales. <laughs> <laughs> I just need to utter the name. It's so bad. Yeah. Um, so we got Michael B. Jordan. Yeah. Um, we got Daniel Jones. Let's see. Who else? Uh, probably Will Whitcomb. Right. And, Obviously. Uh, yeah, that's, that's, yeah, a, yeah, yeah. that's um, a given. Scene number four. I probably really like Howard Stern. Or, yeah. You know, I, I like like the the greats of their their industry. Right. Thus the yeah. that's well, me. Yeah, that's yeah. me. Yeah. That's me. Indiana <laughs> Hodcasting great. Yeah. <laughs> We're just out there. We got four mics now instead of two, so yeah, hopefully this yeah, sounds yeah. better. I'm not dropping my phone as much. You won't hear too many <laughs> banging. I think I've only done it twice. 
Um, okay, so that's party five. That's that, that's a decent crew outside of Daniel Jones yeah, yeah, and you know. So, so now go worldwide. This is a tougher one. Let me guess, John Hartman. Yeah, no, you can't use that. John's there. <laughs> if nothing else, John's there for protection. Sure. Um, you go to some sketchy parts of New York. You need John. Yeah, that's exactly. <laughs> right. You know, um, or Jersey for that matter. Yeah, that's exactly right. Um, you know, after listening to that podcast, Rob Rose is definitely. Yeah, great. I know it, right? Cool, cool dude. How many people cool do dude. that about Rose? Sure. We get so most many downloaded podcasts. And most downloaded podcasts. Right. Crushed Medine by like yeah. 30 podcasts yeah. right now. Yeah. And then on top of that, I think his glass door rating would be great. <laughs> definitely more than 91. Um, but they were saying how Burning Man, I, I yeah. got a lot of the emails, as you know, so this guy went to Burning Man. It was just complete <laughs> out of left field, <laughs> yeah. you know? Which makes me wonder. Right. Any other? Right. <laughs> well, apparently. Per Hartman, Joel's a freak. I don't know. <laughs> I didn't say he said it. You know, I was just like, that guy gets weird. He just had a he just had a Super Bowl party. I wasn't invited to, but apparently that was that was it was very mellow. So I don't know. Yeah, I told uh, Joel came up with a safe word. Wow, <laughs> see, that is weird. See, already he's a freak. He's like, I got, uh, I'll let you know if I'm if I'm in trouble with these guys. You tell me how to like, like where the shut off switch is. I'm like, mm-hmm. uh, that's so funny. But uh, Hartman, Hartman, Rob Rose, Rob Rose. Um, Probably Ryan McMenamin. He's a he's a man mystery too. I think he's a very cool dude. Not a lot of people. For some of the people on here, who is Ryan? Ryan McMenamin is, is a VP of continuous proving out of Dallas. Yeah. Okay, um, and he's a pretty cool dude. He's the one that started actually one of the things that I know. We, 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 yeah, we see it's called CSAT. We start, we sort of went down this road, and then I probably got off, or you got off, Jeff. But um, we are going to start sending out surveys to some of our customers to enhance the experience. Okay. And um, it's just easy three questions, really, you know, nice marketing worldwide. And they just click, 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 and they'll just give us some feedback. We think a good hit rate it was what, like 3%? Is that what we said? Of customers? Uh, a, little a little higher. Okay. Um, and so he, when are we going to start doing that? Or did we start? The end of the week. Oh, really? That's I was cool. on a, just I was gonna call about it. Okay. Just us. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just us. Can I tell you which customers to send them to? Yeah. Just for the special ones. <laughs> just us. No, no, everybody else is fine. We're just gonna worry about the Northeast. <laughs> uh, so that'd be good. I'm I'm curious to see some of the feedback because I think um, you know, continuous improvement, that's sort of right. what his thing is. And and uh it, it's something that I think would be beneficial to us and you know, even for salespeople too, to sort of see some of the things that maybe they might have misstepped along the way that we can improve upon later on. So you got you got one more. So Ryan's a dark about, horse. Yeah. I was just saying about this. Hartman, that's a given. Yes. So so Ryan's Hartman, a dark horse. Rob Rose and Ryan McMenamin. Right. Fourth one, I'm literally just whoever the last salesperson hired into worldwide expenses, <laughs> that's who's who's gonna sit on this dinner. It's like an initiation dinner. Mm-hmm. Wow. If they're still there by the end. <laughs> I probably would have brought like someone from finance to pay the bill. That's why, yes. you know, it's like if, if, if you're dinner, li- <laughs> <That's true. Yeah. laughs> what budget? Oh, um, <laughs> sales guys are paying. You're going to have, you're going to have Rose there. I shouldn't say that. So he's, I mean, he's a president. I know he has a right. finance background, but I just think it as the president, but yeah, he, he'll pay the bill. Right. Okay. What other questions we got for tall? Right. How we so, doing? Um, we're good. We're good. We got we're 42 minutes. So, um, have you ever written an email that's been less than two paragraphs? <laughs> wow. That is never. Uh, you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm taking the under. I recently started to, because we're actually in Philly when Joel and I came out here for Joel to film that thing. He, uh, he basically told me that anything that's more than like yeah. three or four lines for me, he just stops reading. So I was like, yeah. oh, cool. That's so even like, Joel. Wow. Yeah, wow. So it was like three quarters of the emails I've sent you, no clue. So for him, <laughs> that explains a lot. That yeah, explains a lot. I started sending the TLDR emails. Yeah. And then since then, I'm, I'm you know, yeah. it starts off really. Long, right. I'll yeah. start it That's the old Mike Parnell. Yeah. Yeah. You, you ask Mike Parnell how he's doing, and the next thing you know, you get a seven page essay on it. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Parnell, should, I know you're a listener. They should be a little bit more direct. Yes. Now. Yes. So, 
So yeah, that's all I got. Okay. Well, look, man, um, I appreciate you telling us a little bit about your story. You didn't get too much into it. Tall, Tall's yeah. going to, oh, Tall has the best quote ever that I've copied. It's actually from his father. Would you like to say the quote? And I think it's something that um, when we look as a company to an, to focus more on quality right. and things that are actually making us money and things that are actually beneficial for you. It's a good life goal. So as well as um, a good, some of that sort of business mantra to stand by. And I think it's a lot of the, it goes into sort of the salespeople just really wanting to close anything just to say they have a close right. and just to sort of go through the activity. So Tal, I'll let you go. I've stole it 10 times, but I won't steal your thunder here. <laughs> so uh, the quote is a business without a profit is like eating soup with a fork keeps you busy, but you stay hungry. So, I mean, if you're a salesperson on there, I mean, you are managing your own and growing your own book of business. Right. That's the great thing about our opportunity. It gives you a residual base pay to scale from. And if you're not going to service it and use your resources and not going to have profit and just close things that aren't going to enhance the foundation of your book of business, mm-hmm. then you're eating soup with a fork, mm-hmm. my friend. So that is no good. Well but, said, um, Mr. Tom. I know. That's there, 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 very... Mm. You know, for being not that smart of a guy, that's yeah. a very wise quote. You know, I'll say that. Um, but look, we're 45 minutes in for all you out there that wanted to make us longer. We did. Hopefully, we didn't drag you too much and got to, uh, to know Tall a little bit better. He's a director of operations for the East region, really, from yeah. the, the South Atlantic Freight Desk to the North Atlantic Freight Desk and uh, the whole Northeast, really. So everybody uses them. Uh, we're going to have some great guests. Tall, we appreciate the time. And uh, yeah. if you want to talk to him, catch him on Tuesdays and Thursdays. They're Tuesdays and Thursdays, he's in. Um, and I will be selling the. <laughs> I, I will be selling the oh, Better Call Tall shirts. Yes. They will be on sale on the Worldwide Express yeah. store. On yes. the back, it says Pickup, <laughs> Miss Pickup, Billing Error, Tinder Advice. Tinder help actually yes. better call tall. So yeah. my wife was stoked about that. Yeah. <laughs> um, Joel's gonna be wearing one proudly for a while. So again, thanks everybody for listening in. Right. And next week we'll uh see you with a new guest. 